This is just winging it. It is. I'm John Abdullah. And who are oh, you? I figured out what that was. Well, I didn't figure it out. My wife told me what, and I helped. Was what from, is it from? It's I a meant shake to look and it bake up. reference. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, as, uh, wait my, a minute. Shake and bake as in Talladega Nights? Well, or we're talking what, real no, shake and as bake? as an actual shake and bake. Oh. But we've also made the Talladega Nights joke on this podcast we have. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my buddy Drew, who listens to the show, Turkey Trot, big shout out, uh, texted me like uh, a Talladega Nights gift the next morning with shake and bake, and I was like. Yeah, because I, you know, I like Talladega Nights. <laughs> oh, but I didn't yeah. really think about it. And then Micah was like, you don't know what that's from? And I'm like, no, she's like, it's Shake and Bake. And I helped. And I was like, oh. Oh. A lot of things clicked It's like into at place. the end of one of the commercials, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because oh, it's awesome. like, you know, the whole family can cook. I don't even know what Shake and Bake actually is, but I'm it's, assuming it's food. <laughs> I think it's some kind of um, uh, box thing where you mix it with the chicken. Like rice and And you actually have to, like, shake it around in a bag. Oh, there's and an actual coats, shaking aspect to it. And it coats the it. chicken, and then you cook it. Yeah, it coats the chicken. It coats the chicken. <laughs> it coats the chicken. It puts the lotion in the basket uh, and coats the chicken. Oh wait, she wow, great, this got real creepy, person. didn't it? I feel like um, that was a start. A, that was a that was a Buffalo Bill reference there. <laughs> He's in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, you know. Um, yeah, and, and that he, movie was good. I I'm still surprised it. by that. Yeah. Um, I, like I it's, wanted it's to be good. It's the stupidest thing in the world, but I, lo- I loved it. Fan. But he does the same thing. It's like I'm just gonna take those dinosaurs off the island. Wow, is that his real voice? Yeah, that's just how he talks. Okay, yeah. and he does an okay. Irish accent and the Alienist. So anyway, uh, what what fucking episode <laughs> are we doing right now? Anyway, uh, so today we're talking about irrational fear. And before we do, uh, how you been? I've been okay. You know, You've I've been sick. It's been like shit. a friggin' three week stretch. You probably heard in last week's episode. You know, I sounded like a nasally cold. You know, boogery guy. Um, Which is typical, to be fair. It is, yeah. Usually the boogers are in my brain and not in my nose, but last <laughs> week they were in both places. The boogers are in my brain. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> um, so I, uh, after last week's episode, it was like the day after I started getting a fever, and um, it turned out that I also have strep, like Grace. Um, you guys just have strep all the time, man. We just got to put, someone had mentioned this to me, and I think it's a good idea, just getting like an amoxicillin dispenser in our fridge. Yeah. You know? Just have a shootout. Exactly. (laughs) Just open wide. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm doing okay. I guess the first few years of parenting, do you guys not get sick as often as it seems I do? Oh, we get sick all the time. But we get sick with a more diverse array of things. Right. Whereas, like, you you, you guys, it always comes back to strep. bread and butter kind of strep throat. For a while, it was ear infections with my daughter. I remember that, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, she went through that patch but i'm hoping that we and i've heard this from other parents by a certain age the kids start getting sick a lot less and we start getting sick a lot less because our immune systems are so built up right like jacked right, up you right. know you can like live on mars in that exactly situation. so we yeah. just got to put in our time for a few years and yeah. then we'll just never get sick again right, right. that's my I think understanding that's, you, the problem is you have to survive that first you do so like you put in your time but you're also like fighting for your life basically <laughs> for me it's more i i just had chronic cold i've had chronic colds for like Years now. You oh know? yeah, I like, hear you. The, they just don't go any away. Kind of a seasonal change because because it passes around, which we have a great comment in our irrational fear stuff about passing things. Indeed, around. we do. Um, but it, I just feel like it's like one of us gets like a slight cold, and then the next one gets it. Then before you know it, it's like a feedback loop. So it's, just everybody's always kind of sick, but we don't get the big like strep kind of things uh, really yeah. ever. So right, you just get the violent. Um... Yeah, we just shit our brains out <laughs> and blow our noses, <laughs> and that's and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's tolerable. Yeah. I guess. Uh, can I give you uh, a crazy update story I from would, last night? If you didn't give me a crazy story, I'd just call the episode. Just cancel <laughs> yeah, we're it. Done. We're done. We're done here. So last night, uh, I released an episode for Perfect Organism that we had recorded a couple of weeks ago. This is your podcast about the show, The Alien This saga. is The Alien Show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those about who don't know. A, thank you. Uh, PerfectOrganism.com. <laughs> um, 
it was about a novel that came out in the Alien universe about a mu- about two months ago called Alien: The Cold Forge, which we've all been super obsessed with. It was a very big release. It was a yeah. very big deal in fandom. And the author of it, Alex it's about White, the aliens coughing on people and giving them all <laughs> it is. The it's about strep throat. Actually, actually started that's, with that's aliens. Really yeah. It's like you know, instead of a flamethrower, it's an amoxicillin dispenser, <laughs> which is really humanitarian. I gotta say, yeah, it's good. Uh, and so it was a great book, and we did this this roundtable conversation on it, and I reached out to the novelist uh, just to like let him know that we were releasing it, and it turned out that we had this extremely weird, weirdly similar uh, interest list. Like We, we bonded over Formula One first, because he's like obsessed with it, and then we talked about music, because he composes a little bit on wow. the side. And before you know it, we're like, oh my god, like we're really compatible people, so we become sort of friends. Suddenly you realized you were just talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, wait just, a minute, yeah. it's a black Feedback, screen. Right. Daddy, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> Don't bother him. Um, anyway, so we released this episode last night, yeah. and I, I messaged him that it's that it's available, and he's like, oh my god, I think I'm like right next to you right now. And and sure enough, he was in, he was traveling through Boston for what? a convention. I had just left work, and we realized that we're like a matter of like a couple of miles apart, basically. So Wait, we got how did you together. realize that? Because he saw me post on Facebook, and, and I don't think he realized that I lived in Boston, which was kind of the whole the whole weird oh. connection here. Uh-huh. Um, so, so he wasn't actually that, like, right next to you, because that would take this to I mean, another we level. Like, if, if we're sitting next to each other on the T or something, yeah, that exactly. would be, be fine. Right. But still, I mean, it's a little bit weird. That, like the timing, we released this episode, and then 10 minutes later, he's That's like, amazing. oh, I just arrived here. You know, like, you want to get a drink? So before I know it, we were just getting drinks and hanging out last night. Wow. And it was like a totally crazy internet synergy moment. Isn't that, that cool? Really refreshing. The serendipity yeah. of it all. Yeah. It just reminded me, so I've I've mentioned her so many times now on this show um angela and, lansbury and <laughs> yes angela lansbury please check out her work it's really worth <laughs> it people um actually no it's the amy kraus rosenthal the right. author that i've mentioned on a few episodes Plan now B. and i've become totally obsessed with i, I can tell by the fact um, that she comes up on oh man episode. you guys you should just like start googling her because the stuff the more i sort of look into her background and some of the stuff she had done before she passed is just it's incredible yeah and she had this tedx talk that i watched where she went through, um, I don't know, just some of her like her perspective on living a meaningful life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things she pointed out is always trust magic as mm. as a something that she looks for in her life, and uh, it, it meaning these serendipitous moments and the things that just feel. I suppose a religious person could could look at it from that frame a little bit, you know, like God put it there or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But but regardless of religion or atheism or whatever, it's like. There's just something that feels a little too coincidental about it all, yeah. you know? And it's like, just trust that. Like, that's that's supposed to and, happen. And embrace it, you know? Exactly. sometimes the universe drops a gift um, on your life. And as and a reminder of that, she pointed out, you know, <laughs> you can look when you're driving around or when you're just out, look for that acronym ATM and just think, always trust magic. It's just a reminder. Ah. You know, it's kind of neat. Nice. Um, so kind of a totally random thing to mention there. No, but it's true. News, I, that's definitely something that I've noticed in my own life is is when, when like, that's why even though last night I had a call that I had to get on at nine, I have a very limited time frame, but I was like, fuck it. Like, this is this 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 won't happen again in my right? life where I'll have just released an episode on this book that I love and, like, the guy will be right over there and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> let's go talk about this, you know. It's true. So it's like, you got to jump on it. And now we're great friends and it was a great night. So, yeah, in general, that's amazing. trust, trust the, the beautiful serendipity of the universe that we inhabit in. Yeah. And that sometimes threads come together and you got to jump jump on it it's like it's the same thing as when you know like you and i both met our respective wives in kind of just random totally. circumstances yeah. you know like i mean you were a four-year-old boy at the time yeah only four playing in the park just uh we hit it up you know <laughs> poop in the pants <laughs> and i was you know just i just gotten back from nepal and was super sick and i did a play in the middle of rhode island and we met each other and it's like you know 
I didn't go into that thinking I was going to meet my soulmate, and just That's right. just happened. So when 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 the universe makes things conspire to to give you serendipity, jump always on, totally. trust magic. Yeah, always always trust magic. And there's the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goodbye everybody, because this episode has nothing to do with any of right, that. Right, right. It's actually before kind of we the do segue though yeah, go, to yeah. to our fear section, I should fear. talk I should talk to you about an amazing experience I had, and maybe a future sponsor as well. Um, shooting up zombies in virtual reality recently Ooh. because this was insane uh, and and really cool. Uh, so uh, in Woburn, Massachusetts, apparently it's the biggest one in the world. There is a virtual reality place called Mind Trek. You may have seen ads on Facebook. I, I for have this not or, heard of this, and I don't know why. That's crazy. oh man. So they put on you put on virtual reality goggles and a headset. Okay, so that's like pretty standard nowadays. You can buy those on your own or whatever. Yeah, Oculus. Um, yeah, exactly. But the neat thing is, you go in this place that's been designed so that you can have an experience where you can actually walk around and have an you know it's like <laughs> there's like I'm just a grid above what that you would look like with like a camera train on these people yeah, yeah, walking yeah. around with masks on oh man like, it's Oof. the silliest thing like they're going to they they don't have something in place yet where they can actually record you doing this but it will be hilarious that would be amazing yeah and just have the Benny Hill music in yeah. the background <laughs> <laughs> so you get up to eight people in in one of these rooms and there's like a grid above you that tracks you okay. um and you're wearing you know the goggles and uh the headset and you have a gun that also has sense on it mm-hmm. and you're interacting in a in a virtual reality environment where you can walk around and you know shoot zombies of course and see the other people that are with you as like their avatars wow it was unbelievable um just it was just a really neat experience and made me think you know this, there's no way this isn't where where like gaming is headed and um who knows what else you know mm-hmm. this might travel for example god only knows um education travel, that'd be crazy yeah well, you definitely just, you can just go yeah. anywhere you know i mean google is already doing things to record pl- these places around the world um, in such ways that all the details are captured so you can experience it in virtual reality. Right. So you match that with this kind of technology and you could essentially visit places that you've never been to from the convenience of your home, you know? Right. But I, I mean, I, I think there's a huge leap to go, but I mean, because you're only getting two senses, right? Sight and sound. Of course. Scene, in that scenario. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, not yeah. feeling the sun on your face. So we could bring back smell you know, smell Smell-o-vision. Smell-o-vision, yeah, yeah. which was the dumbest idea in oh, history. Man. But it's funny, it's funny that like all these technologies that like are primed to explode. Yep. Haven't been like I, I think. Yeah, the things I think like, I feel like virtual reality and augmented reality. It's not. I wouldn't say it's exploded. It's not exploding, but it has been a continuous thing. It's not. It hasn't just died. It doesn't feel like it's just a. No, it's fad. not. It's not. But it's mm-hmm. become more more specialized. Like it, that's it, true. Go back to 2014. Yeah. That was all anybody was talking about. It yeah. was like every single conference was about VR. Right, right, right. Every single technology, every single mobile manufacturer was incorporating VR and AR technology into their stuff. And, and Facebook bought Oculus Rift, and it became this huge deal. And then now it's kind of like. You know, we have like the PlayStation VR headset that some people have. Drew has that again. Very jealous of that. Um, you know, and we have like some people have these sort of consumer end things, and uh, and it's really cool, but it's not like exploded. Yeah, I think in, that's in fair to way. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and same yeah. thing with like the 3D craze from a few years ago. Yeah, Remember, 3D like, for if sure. You go back to, like, 2011, I have a 3D TV. Yeah, yeah. Like everything was about 3D, and it was yep. this big resurgent random technology yeah. from like 30 years ago, and all of a sudden it was huge. It's like fits and starts now, but I think it'll all come Shits together. Shits and farts. <laughs> Shits and farts, but it'll all come together. I I still do so? feel like I think so. We're still it still is clunky right now, but I do think that, and I don't know exactly what place it'll play or where it will, you know how it'll take shape, but I think. 
we'll start to see it again, like gaming, education, mm-hmm. a few areas where it'll take over. But the problem, again, with VR mm-hmm. is the same problem with Google wearable technology like we've talked about on this podcast, <laughs> whatever this podcast actually is about. I don't even know. Uh, no, but, we don't But know there's anymore. a fundamental problem, I think, when you individualize the experience too much and you mm-hmm. exclude other people from it. So yeah. even, for example, the PlayStation VR thing, which is amazing, that, like, one person's wearing the headset and gets the VR experience, and you can, you know, you can have the TV showing what's happening to other people, but, but they're not having yeah. the fully... You know, right. experiential thing, um, and so like when when you put something, when you put a mask in front of your of your face, basically, mm-hmm. you're sending a signal that you really are indulging in a very individualized thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it limits the amount of growth potential. It's because, true. You know, you're not going to sit with the That's kids. That's why and, you got to go to Mind Trek and experience it together. Yeah, I got to go to Mind Trek <laughs> where the fun happens. Well, all right, we'll put a hook in or a hook, a pin in this uh, topic because I think it is one that we should come back to from a few different angles actually technology and then the yeah. collective experience and you know I actually have about. a good buddy Sam who also yeah. listens to the show I think uh, from Scotland <laughs> who's getting a doctorate in mechanical engineering right now and is working a ton on interface design for oh, VR wow. technologies uh-huh. so uh, so Sam <laughs> here's another call if you're listening to this let's uh, get some get you on the show there we go okay. alright just one hack well, that's a, probably a good moment to segue into the meat of this episode. The meat of the this meat, episode. Um, which we're really thankful to have a lot of audience feedback on. Wow. We had no idea when we posted out a call out for ideas on, you know, things, other uh, so-called irrational fears that other parents or people have, that we would get so much feedback. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I was not anticipating that because I think we got more comments than there are people who like our page. So I believe there are more comments on this than there are people on Facebook. Yeah, I think I think it was pretty um, amazing so to get three point. We actually, billion. yeah. So th- so you're welcome, Facebook, for actually bringing on more users just from this one. Post. Yeah, congratulations. And uh, now they got Oculus Rift, so they're going to take everything <laughs> over. Um, yeah, we got some amazing feedback, and I think it, it's because we touched a little bit of a nerve. Basically, the call said, you know, like it, it, we're looking for parents who have felt irrationally afraid of things to share what they've been afraid of. And I'm judging by the volume of what we got from people, I think we all deal with this in various ways. I, I know I do. I, I remember before we had kids, I was very much like I'm not going to be one of those crazy helicopter dads who's like trying to like <laughs> constantly save their lives from everything. And then they come out, and I'm like a hovering helicopter dad who's trying to save their lives. It's hard everything. not it's crazy. to be, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it even it even starts in utero, right? Because yeah. you have to oh start week, week to week, or I mean, you, eventually you get to the weekly appointments where you're going to the doctor and seeing the ultrasounds and everything. But before that, of course, you're you're kind of bracing yourself for the ultrasounds and what will show up, and like you're just always aware. Of course, as a woman, I can imagine this is way more heightened because the baby's in your body and you're mm-hmm. feeling every movement, and you're just like, you know, you must be constantly um, just worried about the st- yeah. the state of your child, um, and. And I think when when they come out afterwards, the analogy or the metaphor that I always remember, uh, a friend of mine told me who has older kids now, but he said, you know, in particular, we were talking about daycare and how, you know, we have to like work while our kids are just out there in the world. And it, right. And he said, you know, it's like your your heart. <laughs> You've grown another heart and they're just out there and you have to like be separated from them and just let yeah. them be out there on their own. And it's just so you feel so vulnerable yourself. Um, in that way. Well, because you're powerless. You, you know? are, exactly. And, and, and you're powerless over the most important thing to you in the world, which is your family. You yeah, know? exactly. Which, at the end of the day, it's important to remember that we all fundamentally are. You know, like We don't have control over, again, the, the moral <laughs> of the story is we don't have control over anything. But it's true. You know, Things happen in life. Like, like you, know, you had cancer. Mm-hmm. And there was no warning about that. That's right. Uh, like We go through catastrophes and we go through things that we don't anticipate. 
And at some point, you have to become okay with that. And I think I think we get to a point personally where we, as we grow up, we kind of become okay with it with ourselves, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm no longer constantly afraid of everything conspiring to... Well, then again, I do look for brain tumors, you know, when my eyeglasses <laughs> get screwed up. But, but in general, you know, we kind of move on from that. Whereas with our kids, because we have a responsibility to protect them, because it is part of our role as parents. It's part of the to, JD, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's in the requirements, not even just like yeah, the suggested... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Part of it is like you know we're, we're supposed to protect our children, right? And so there is there is there are certainly rational fears, and then there are some fears that become irrationalized. In my experience, the irrational ones are often the result of something that's really scary, but is almost impossible to happen, like something that basically never does, but it has. But it has, and so and you therefore, kind of fixate on exactly. It. So I think the most natural analogy for this is shark attacks, right? Like yeah. they almost never ha- considering Perfect the amount example. of coastal overlap there are between people at the beach and sharks in the in temperate waters around the world, mm-hmm. you know, which is where a lot of shark attacks do happen. I mean, there there are probably 500 million beachgoers every year and something like 30 shark attacks. Yeah, and so, I don't know if this is true, but like you have a higher chance of being killed by a bee, right? Oh, oh, my, by orders of magnitude yeah, higher, right? absolutely. It makes sense that you have But the there is such a horrifying element to a shark attack that we mm-hmm. fixate on it so much mm-hmm. as, a, as a culture, uh, which is really unfortunate because sharks are some of the most amazing man- animals on the planet, you know? And, yeah. And we become so irrationally afraid of them that we don't, that we have to like really proactively educate the public about what they actually are and what they represent in the food chain and you know there's a great book about that actually called uh, if sharks disappear for kids oh wow which is amazing because it talks about um environment depletion and how like algae you know would take over the ocean and then you know all these like herbivorous species would die off and before you know it you know if losing the the the, the piscivores the sharks and the, the predators would actually destroy the whole planet right anyway, right but that's a good example to me of an irrational fear that we have as a society i think it's very true um and it's funny how What you said there about the, there's something about the terror of it and, you know, just how awful it is when it does happen in those rare examples that gives it this, um, this weight that it actually, it's not, you know, there's no, um, data behind the actual frequency of it. Right. So because it's such a horrific thing, we then give it a weight that it actually doesn't really deserve in terms of, in our mind of the fear. Because we can't get it out of our head. Yeah. Like plane crash is another example. Mm -hmm. So, so rare, right? Of course you have a insanely higher chance of dying in a car. Um, but most of us aren't feeling, you know, we're not like gripping our seat in the car and concerned uh, about our lives as much as we are, uh, some of us. Well, was, uh, um, unless you're my mom off. and I'm driving because she, <laughs> she screams the entire time. Yeah, yeah. We all have those people yeah. in our lives. Love you, just, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, just don't get in the car with backpacks. Yeah, just, 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 don't, just, just follow right. in the other car. Exactly. No, you're right. Because there's charisma to it. It's just like in the news, you know, like the, the most horrifying stories are the ones that we end up talking about. That being said, yeah, the rescues in Thailand, I think, are a very nice, refreshing moment where we haven't been focusing on the negative. It's true as a global news-consuming culture, and I think that's been that's been really nice. Anyway, yeah. uh, speaking of irrational fears in parenting, uh, before we get into the audience feedback, because because I'm sure we're going to cover some of these. I think as we yeah, talk. it'll come up a lot because I think we have some shared fears. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so we're going to get to that. But uh, just to kind of kick things off, what are some of the things that you and Bethany have dealt with? Yeah, well, I think early on, and this definitely we heard some feedback on as well, um, a serious fear for us uh, was SIDS, you know, mm. sudden infant death syndrome, um, which is just terrifying. Um, and it's one that, uh, you know, the numbers have gone down dramatically as as we've become more educated on things to do and not do um, in terms of, you know, how to lay your baby down in the bed and what not to include in the bed. And all those things have reduced the... Um, 
number of deaths, according to sudden infant death syndrome. But it's such a scary thing because you have zero control over it, aside mm-hmm. from you know just putting them in the best situation, I guess. Right, because people who do all the right things still lose their children. Exactly. Well, and so the re- where this really sunk in for us is uh, just three week three weeks before we were going to start at a new daycare with Grace, put her in daycare for the first time. She was only, you know, three months. Bethany was going back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just three weeks before, we had already had everything locked in. The daycare um, had a child die at the center. Whoa. Yeah, this was an in-home daycare, a woman wow. who had been doing it for decades, okay? And she she had gone back to the child in, her, in their crib and... Um, apparently the, you know, the child had turned over and, and had died on her and she was mortified naturally. Um, and, and I can only, I, I mean, I actually can't even imagine the pain of that experience for everyone involved. Um, the parents most, especially who, who very quickly understood that it was not the daycare provider's fault. Um, but the daycare provider just had to shut down not only, you know, temporarily for the investigation, but also because she just couldn't deal with moving on and, you know, keep continuing her business after that. Um, and so I remember, you know, that was a moment where forget the fact that we had to find a new daycare, like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's small potatoes, obviously. Um, but it just like, uh, suddenly we just, I felt like we became so much more aware of, um, SIDS and the reality there at the same time it's like you can't do anything about it. Right. You know, like we were, of course. I mean, that was a licensed professional person. That's right. And who knows exactly what she's doing and this child died. Exactly. You know, so that has always been horrifying. And, you know, we had a few people who wrote in about, um, you know, just checking obsessively on kids at night. And that was something I remember with Grace in particular every night um, for, I don't know, the first year, at least the first six months when they're like most at risk of SIDS. We would, I would have to, before I go to bed, go in and check on her and make sure she's breathing <laughs> and like really make sure she's breathing and there's some breath there. Um, and it is, it is funny, maybe funny isn't the right word, but now with Luke, I haven't been doing that at all. Really? <laughs> I mean, I check on them both at different times, you know, cause like to make sure they fell asleep or whatever, but I do not at all have the compulsion to go in and make sure that he's mm. um, still breathing anymore. Um, <laughs> second kid hashtag second yeah, kid right. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know I guess it's that this is where I do feel like the irrational part of it um, has become a little bit more rational in terms right. of just understanding that hey there really isn't a whole lot I can do um, and and you know I don't know being okay with the fact that I can go to bed without knowing for sure wow I feel like I sound terrible right now heartless <laughs> yeah, like, oh, let it happen. Well, what are you going to yeah. do? Save his life? I mean, are you going to happen to walk in at the moment that, that he's in the throes right. of Sid? I it mean, just feel, it it feels happen, weird to right? do it now, yeah. But that being said, I still yeah. still do it all the time, and it's super embarrassing. I don't even tell Micah this a lot of the time, but sometimes I, Why will, is that I will wake up. Because it's crazy, because we've had two kids well, it's now, crazy, and, they're, yeah, and but... they're both, like, you know, way past any Sid's time. <laughs> but I still, like, I'll, I'll go and I'll wake up at four in the morning suddenly, and I'll, like, go and, like, kind of peek and make sure their chests are moving. Aww. It's crazy. Uh, and so I still have never quite shaken shaken that. And yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I just feel like it's such a mysterious, like, you know, sleep is such a mysterious thing to begin with. Mm, um, I know. Isn't it amazing how much we still don't even know about sleep and yeah, why we need it's, it? It's crazy. And, yeah. and, and the fact that, uh, like, it's so evolutionarily important yeah. and, and, and different animals sleep so differently. Uh-huh. And but like but that humans really desperately need a certain amount of sleep to be able to be healthy and to have you know healthy proteins in their lives, brain and yeah. to live longer and to reduce stress and all these things. 
Um, and so it's just this completely mysterious thing that we have no control over. And so I think that's, again, in terms of irrational fear, where it comes from is the lack of control. Mm. So, like, you can set all the conditions right, but there will come a time where you can no longer just stay up all night outside their door. And when you have to allow them to go off into sleep where you have no control over what they're dreaming about or what they're thinking about yeah. or what their bodies are doing. And, you know, uh, and that's I think it's a control thing. I, I think it's 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 very scary to let that go. I remember when Jude was born, I would check on him all the time. Mm-hmm, I mean, crazy. Mm-hmm. Even when he was awake sometimes. If he was just like looking away from me, I'd just be like, I would like, I would just you feel his, his heartbeat. Your finger under his nose, you know. <laughs> like a horse or something. Yeah, put a mirror under him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but I would like, you know, like check his heartbeat to make sure that he wasn't like having a heart attack. And I was just so paranoid yeah. about that. And then I'm Isn't finally like, Isn't it the like, weirdest thing too? Do, feeling a toddler or a little kid's heart, it beats it's so, so fast. damn fast. I know, yeah. I put my Apple Watch on him sometimes and it's like 120 <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, the that's The screen so scary. just starts cracking. Yeah, yeah. it goes, Urgh, uh, like, like Grace's thermometer. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Uh, it's. I think it's a control thing. Mm. What? What? Do you have any others that you guys uh, have dealt with? Well, I would say another one that we think about and worry about is like it's the totally opposite extreme of uh, long term concern. Like the, again, the things that you don't have control over, but that you see play out in just terrible ways. And addiction is one of them for me. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm not sure that there's much we we can be doing at this young age. Maybe maybe there is if we notice that you know one of our kids has a more addictive personality. But seeing how addiction can just ruin people's lives, families' lives. You know, you talk about the opioid epidemic that we have now in this country, and that to me is just a terrifying thing. And and you know, a lot, with a lot of these things, and I think others who gave us feedback could relate to this. Um, the line between irrational and rational is hard to navigate there. Like there's some rational like fear that is part of that. Like, you know, wanting to make sure your kids um, don't get mixed up with the wrong crowds Mm -hmm. or the wrong thing or whatever. Um, And addiction more and more, you know, we're seeing it in our society, not as just like a, Oh, they got mixed up with the wrong people and got onto drugs, but actually that it it's a disorder, it's a disease. Yeah, you know, and, and that, that apparently a lot of people are really susceptible to it. Exactly, without even realizing it until it's right. too late. Yeah, and I actually just watched a Bill Nye episode. Have you watched the new yeah. Bill Nye show? Yeah, yeah. And there was one on addiction, and they said it was like over two percent now of the U.S. population is uh, suffers from addiction. Wow, um, and, Inc- and, and including alcohol. And you know what? Actually, it? now that I remember it, they had a section on gambling in particular, and I think it was mm. just gambling that they were talking about with that two percent. Yeah. Um. So God only knows if you add up all the people addicted. Period. I mean, God, there's I mean, so many like things 30% to be addicted to. I yeah. Mean, I feel like you I think feel about like it's food a huge thing. and, um, you know, consumerism, and I mean, there's so many things. Technology. But yeah. anyway, when yeah. I'm saying addiction, I'm really I'm talking about drug addiction and my clinical um, addiction fear yeah. there. Yeah, because man, just like. You, you see what families go through and trying to be supportive um, to, to addicts that, that are in their lives while also setting boundaries so that that person, unfortunately, has to hit a rock bottom before mm-hmm. they're able to help themselves. And so I can only imagine how difficult that is as a parent who wants to be always you know supportive and on their kid's side, but then has to be in a situation where... Um, you know, you're not going to bail them out again or whatever it is. So, man, I don't know. I just, I don't know that there's much you can do about it, but like that is a real fear of ours that, you know, one of our kids will just get addicted. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it, do, it, it does happen. It's scary. Um, and also, uh, I've just watched some documentaries on on parenting and mm-hmm. addiction that are, 
I mean, there's there's one uh, called Cape Cod. Uh, I think it's called Heroin Cape Cod USA. Wow, that uh, was on uh, HBO a couple of years ago, and yeah. it was like so. They're really clear in that title about what it's about. Huh? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's no heroin call. on no. Cape Cod because it's in the off season when nobody's there except for the locals, and there's uh, nothing to do. And there's just this wow, crazy that. opioid and then heroin epidemic yeah. basically going on there, and it's just rife, you know. Yeah. And very out in the open. Um, and this, so the documentary followed a few families that are going through it, and you really get a sense of what parents go through in that scenario. And there are parent support groups, and you, hear, you just it's just so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Them. So, but I do think in that kind of a scenario, like a support group would be a really helpful thing. Yeah. To, to know that other parents are going through the same thing, and even if they don't have any answers, just to know that what you're going through isn't just your shit yeah know, that it belongs exactly. to the world and that it's something that other people are dealing with yeah i, I, I think, think that's really is helpful super it's a super rational fear yeah but it's it becomes irrationalized when we when we fixate on it or, or well, when we use it as worrying like a, about it now when i have a you know three and but at three the same year time, old I mean, we do that like, yeah, like i yeah. i think about it all the time like micah and i have this thing where we try really hard to make sure that we're always um setting an environment up where the kids feel like they will be able to talk to us as they get yes, older. Yes, that I feel is so, so important. No right. matter what they have to tell us, it's okay. You know what yeah, I mean? we're not going to judge. We're not yeah. going to be really, really quick. And, and like, um, well, see, but it's, it's, I'm also not judging parents that have addicts, 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 <laughs> that have addicts <laughs> in their families. Yeah, we have who, dicks not, in our families, too. Yeah, we got That's a different dicks. story, yeah. Um, I'm sure that a lot of uh, these families did that right too. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I guess the things that we have control over one would be just not judging our kids when they come to us with things. Like um, the other day, Jude did something wrong, and it's something that maybe in the past, before I'd really worked on this, I might have been upset with him about because it was like it was bad. Like I think he had he had taken something like a like a fruit snack or something that like we had told him like no more, and he had kind of taken it without showing right, us. Right. And I knew that he had, and I asked him, and he kind of like looked at the ground, and he has been lying quite a bit lately, mm. which has been interesting. Um, and he didn't lie, and I was like, "Okay, I am really not going to get mad, right?" Because you want to encourage that. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to be like, I'm disappointed that you did that, mm-hmm. but I, I get it, and I've done things like that too. Yeah, and thank you for not lying. Yeah, if it happens again, then you know we'll punish him for it. But it's like it was setting up an environment where I you're not going to get immediately repercussed like yep. that. I, I think is a really healthy thing. You have to be able to separate that out, right? So that there's like the opportunity for them to just be totally open with you, and then you know separately if they do have to. Pay the price for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pay, the price. pay the price. <laughs> but like when they're older, they're going to be in. I mean, it's not like they're going to be like mommy, daddy. Like you know, Timmy brought you know Vicodin to class today. You know, right? Like, they're probably not going to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. We'll, but at least we'll have a paradigm where we can tease things out from things they're telling us about their friends, and like maybe feel like maybe we should know when to intervene. But that being said, who knows if we have any control over this shit? I don't know, man. And I was even thinking about this in the case of like. Uh, is there anything that you think your parent, your parents, <laughs> that your kids could come and tell you, or or that they could do, that would, um, just sort of like cut off, cut you off from them, and not and make you so like you wouldn't support them anymore? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I, I can't think of anything either. And I that, mean, look at like Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, yeah, like, right, like right, he, right, right. He still talked to his parents before he died, and he was in jail, and he was a fucking cannibal murdering psychopath. But there know? is something, um. In the context of what you just said, this sounds crazy, but there's something beautiful about that, that you know that there's people in your lives that no matter what you do, no matter how fucking bad it is, that they're there to support you. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to what I was saying in, I don't know, a couple episodes ago about there always being a path back for people. Yeah, you know? coming home again. No matter exactly, how yeah. bad it gets, um, there's always a path to, to doing good. And and for me, I think being a parent, you know, th- that's a role that you can play in your kids' lives or, you know, how no matter what age they are. Um, and that doesn't mean, again, it's like you don't want to enable the behavior. So with addiction, I think that's where it comes into play. 
um, mistaking support for enabling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and sometimes support is like saying no to something like I'm not going to like you need to stay in jail or whatever. You know, I'm making up an example. Right. But um, but, you know, you still love them and you support them. So and you make it clear, just like we've talked about before on, on uh, like th- I think three episodes ago, like you don't shame them for it. Yeah, exactly. You're, like you, you're like you set hard boundaries and, and you're like, I don't care if this is a disease. You still did something wrong. Right. Like you need to suffer the consequences of that. Um, yeah, exactly. Because sometimes that is still, loving someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Right. But it's it's so hard on the family in that case, because right. you're loving somebody in spite of them killing themselves. You know? Right. So exactly. Anyway, we might not want to get too bogged down. Man, on addiction pretty dark. It's so yeah. dark. I know. <laughs> um, on a lighter note, how about some feedback we got? Sure. Yeah. Well. Well. Actually. Well. Before we do, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to the first one. So. Uh, yeah. So. So Abby Romano uh, writes in with secondary drowning. So we we have personal experience with this. For one thing, Abby is the one who got us freaked out about this in the first place. Oh. So thank you, Abby. Oh. So no, I actually have to then thank Abby as well because you're the one, Patrick, yeah, who got me freaked like out. Wildfire. I never knew about this until you told me about it. So oh, I guess I Abby is it. like ground zero for yeah. this, huh? Thank, thanks, Abby. Patient zero. Whatever. Well, congrats on the new yeah. house. It's beautiful, but still. <laughs> But, but don't say that secondary drowning. No, I'm sure someone told Abby, so we'll just follow them. Well, because it was there was there were a couple of big blog posts about it a few years ago yeah. that kind of made the rounds in parenting blog circles and blew up. And it is a valid thing. It is. So basically, secondary drowning or dry drowning is when a kid takes on quite a lot of water, but seems to expel it or seems to be okay and breathing normally. And then uh, throughout you know the next 24 hour period, they get more like lethargic and mm-hmm. they start acting strangely. And it turns out that they actually didn't expel all the water from their system, and then they they can suddenly die. So it's fucking horrible. terrifying. It's it's the worst. It's the worst thing imaginable because, you know, but, well, here's the irrational thing. A lot of the time, I think these blog posts. Prop, and I, I don't want to. Again, I don't want to judge, but I think the, the people who are writing them are the parents of kids who have gone through these incidents, and they might be slightly downplaying the severity of what initially happened because right. you read it. Some of these sound like, oh, he just like got a gulp of water. Well, from and, their perspective, know. they just want to get word out there as much as possible because right. they just lost a kid and they want other people to know this is a big deal. You right. Know? And, Which, and they're trying to play uh, it safe it. and be like, hey, yeah. you know, you should be because even if they do just take on a gulp of water, still mm-hmm. you need to know that this is potentially something that could happen. Right. But the reality is that it happens when you have like a near drowning incident in a swimming pool. That's right. And you have to like really it's a significant like, incident. It's, it's not something deal. you would miss. It, right, exactly. Yeah. But we, after first, you know, being turned on to this thing, were so scared about. It. I mean, I remember like when Jude would just cough water up in the bath. I'd be like, yeah. "Oh my god, it's secondary drowning!" Right. Um, but it got to the point where we were on vacation in Florida, like two or three years ago, with my parents, who are both medical professionals. Um, and Jude went under in the pool when he mm-hmm. was playing in it. Um, and it was like the worst he, that he had ever done it. Mm. But it was definitely something that I, I mean, I personally have done dozens of time in my life and in, in my childhood, you know, yeah. like sometimes you just like accidentally slip off the stair and you go down of and course. your back is turned and you're like, Oh shit, I got it. You know, got to help. So that happened. And we were so freaked out about mm. this fucking blog article that we took him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, my dad, who's a doctor was like, yeah, we're going to take him. So we took him to the hospital. Oh, I mean, they so how exams. can you not if your dad was there and said that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think that he would have necessarily been at that point if we hadn't scared the shit out of them with these articles. Even though they both mm. said we know that this happens. Yeah. Um, and my mom had actually observed it happening once when she was working in the hospital. Oh, geez. So it, it, is, it is a legitimate thing. Yeah. But it's of a very rare thing. Mm-hmm. But because it's so charismatic, it's so frightening. It's so it's so hard to not think about. And because it's an everyday activity, you know, it's yep. it's going in the pool or the bathtub. Yep. Um, it's very easy to get irrationally 
afraid of it. Yeah, but I think the the two key things to stay rational on this are to know are that it, it does have to be a significant incident, right? So like it's a big deal. You're going to notice, you know, that your kid has something happen. It's not like a struggling to breathe, forcing water up. Exactly. Not just for ten seconds, but for like a minute. Like you're yeah. like, oh shit! Like and the bad. other part of it is that you will notice um, lethargy or other things after after the incident, right. you know, and it's connecting the two. Right. So suddenly they're not they're not acting themselves. Did you say lethargy? Um, yeah, they'll get lethargic. That, I don't know. Did I make that up? Why did you say lethargy? Lethargy? Is it lethargy? Uh, lethargy. 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 Who knows, anyway. man? Well, whatever the fuck it is. If do your you kid know, gets weirdly tired I do want to say, because I noticed this, especially when I listen back to episodes, I make up all sorts of words, or I use the wrong um, uh, saying, you know? Uh, oh, me too. All oh, the yeah. time. And I, I, but I do think, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm making excuses here, but I do think that since I've become a parent... Um, my command of language has really suffered. Or maybe oh, it's yeah. that. Maybe it's the further I get out from college. But man, I used to. I I feel like I used to just have a better command of language. You no, know, me too. and just like no more words and how to use them and not misspeak. But what the hell? I feel that now. Every, I get every, it every single day. I, f- <laughs> I feel like the deterioration of my linguistic abilities, and I feel like it's it's always uh, in the context. At least you can still like... say that sentence. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> in spite of the lethargy that I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm always like in these conversations with people and I'm like kind of running out of like a way to express what or I'm trying I'm like, to say. Or I'm like, did I just say that thing? I hope they didn't notice. Yeah, I'm like, what word was that? Yeah, you know? right, right, right. I, I totally, totally know. That's hilarious that, that you I, I say think, that. Uh, I, I feel like you are someone that I talk to who actually does have a strong command of uh, the dictionary, which you apparently grew up reading. I did, so. I did read it obsessively yeah. as a child. Yeah. yeah no, I, mean, I, I honestly, like I used to be much more, good, much good. more grounded in that way. <laughs> I think that part of it too is the way we communicate now. Yeah. Because because I mean like I look at emails from when I first started at Oxfam mm-hmm. in 2010. Oh my god, yes. And they're like beautifully written and like flowery and there's like yeah. paragraph yeah, yeah, breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like a couple of letters and then like just like a formula people have to like write down and that's it, you know. Yep. I don't even say who it's from. I don't even like put the signature on. I'm like course. just like, you know, end of message. Can you imagine what it's going to look like for our kids? I mean, the way they talk to each other. But whatever, I'm okay with that frankly. Like I don't feel Well, we're still communicating, it's not, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's no sense in being precious about it. It. Exactly. And um, a lot of people harp on the degradation of language or what yeah. they perceive to be the degradation of language. But yeah. the reality is, is that we're actually reading and writing more than we ever have before. Yeah. It's just the medium through the media through which we're doing it and the syntactical elements of it have changed over time. Right. But it's evolved just like we have. So you know, just like we have, unlike our irrational fears, that's true, our, those, which those are, are still actually terrible. at a primitive, I mean, level. Right. Because mm-hmm. like we should talk about why you even have fears to begin with. I mean. Uh, maybe this is obvious, but like, you know, fear is there to protect us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and to help us protect our kids. So like there's plenty behind or underneath a lot of this stuff that um, it's there for good reason. And and because fear is like originating from like our lizard brain, from like like a very like deep part of our head. Mm-hmm. You have to basically rely on your frontal lobe to stop it, but that's it, right. But it doesn't. It, like, it takes time to get there. So basically, does, yeah. even if you're a very brave person, and if you're somebody who's really done a lot of work on irrational fear, um, you still have that fear response, and then you can, you know, moderate it after it happens. But the reality is, is you're still feeling fear. When I was in that virtual reality, this is like. <laughs> You can, so you, you, you see zombies coming thing. at you, right? And you yeah. can hear them and everything. And there is like, you start to tense up, right? But then it's like your prefrontal um, lobe is like, is what needs to say, oh, wait, this is like, this is not real. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can just let these things keep coming at me and biting me. It's not going to do anything, you know? Right, right. Um, so but I but hope if, this... if your fear response is so strong that you can't do that, yeah. then, then then it becomes an irrational fear, right? Right. Well, and I hope this episode can help you uh, turn on that part of your brain a little bit more to say, Oh, you know, maybe I can uh, 
cool off a little bit on this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Turn on, tune in, and drop out. <laughs> Want to do some feedback? Let's do some more. All right. So Abby goes secondary drowning. Uh, my my lovely wife Micah says this one thousand times. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I yeah, we, we've talked about secondary drowning quite a bit. Um, Abby also brought up that my children will be sociopaths, uh, which, yeah, I totally... Oh, so much. <laughs> this is similar to the... Well, it's different than the addiction one, but it's another, like, when you're worried about the long term, like, mm-hmm. who that person is being. And I suppose with sociopath, it's actually, um, from what I understand, that's very much... Uh, nature more than it is nurture so mm-hmm. it's not like we're what we're, we do is necessarily going to cultivate that behavior but it is like terrifying to think that you could be like raising this little you know sociopath right <laughs> yeah that's that, that would be a bad scenario to play out <laughs> um and the reality is is that something like one in a hundred people actually are technically psychopaths so like one in a hundred yeah it's that actually, many yeah it's 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 crazy oh, more prevalent more afraid of that one thanks one of us might even be a psychopath i mean it's it's crazily prevalent wow but it's also something that like you said you don't have very much control over it that being said uh, sometimes there are it can be related to head injuries mm. that happen when kids are young where they get bumped really hard in the front of their head and actually that same exact part that we were talking about the frontal lobe yeah. gets fucked up and then it doesn't have a moderation response and they can't empathize as well but it's also yeah, worth pointing out that, scary. like, so it's, it's it's almost entirely nature and not nurture. Yeah. But if it does happen, it does not all sociopaths become serial killers. Oh yeah, I'm sure you can still live, a, you know, a good life, and I mean, and you can still you can still instill really good values in your kids, mm-hmm. and you can still make sure that like, just because they might not have a quick empathy response with other people or see them as like fully formed humans, that you can cultivate a sense of like there is worth to this other person, and you know, right. Fake it till you make it. That being said, I really fucking hope that none of our kids become <laughs> sociopaths. Oh, but also, when kids are really young, they are borderline sociopathic. True. Like we like we talked about on our last episode. Yeah, they're fucking throwing things at each other. <laughs> you know, they're 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 doing things that are weird, right? It's true, but I think there are like subtle clues that lead you to believe that they have some empathy. Yeah, right. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Um, the way that they you know see the like. In the case of acting with siblings, you're right. There's like a moment where they just like bonk them on the head and there's like no response there, right. <laughs> which is a little concerning. And it's just a momentary like, oh, that's kind of weird. Exactly. You know. But then there are other, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there was a moment, I think it was when we were at the doctor's office because, you know, we're there every other day now, um, where <laughs> where Grace, was it Grace saw Luke get a, um, the throat swab thing or something and get uncomfortable? And Grace was like, like mm. you know, kind of bunching up and yeah. like getting really upset. Um, and I th- I'm pretty sure it happened That's with good. Luke, which was really sweet to see. And then I'm pretty sure I saw it happen with Luke, too. All the f- memories just get blurred, um, where Grace was upset about something and Luke started crying. Mm. And it was like, it just was really sweet, you know? Yeah. So, yeah our, our kids do that, too, which is which is really comforting. So I think, the fact I, that, like, so I'm pretty sure we don't have sociopaths. I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, but who knows, you know, what's going to yeah. happen down the road. But, um, but yeah, Abby, I, I hope Henry does a good job of your uh, kids, too. Well, because because like Henry is in a phase right now where he's like really kind of violent when he wants something. Yeah. Um, and he's just the last couple of weeks he's just grown so much. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> I saw the Facebook video of him walking. He's so fucking cute. He's oh, like so, so independent. Good. I love your sudden. tracking shot of him too. You know, <laughs> yeah, you like the that. It's cinematography. Yeah. It's fantastic. He's very. Uh, he's just growing up so quickly right now, and because of that, he's frustrated by a lot of things that he can't immediately you know right say so he'll, he'll kind of lash out and be physical or be kind of weird um and uh and it's like a little bit kind of like oh man like i hope he has some empathy and then like jude will cry about something and i'll see him come up and like hug him and i'm like oh okay oh okay it's the good. best but that being said like uh, ted bundy who i just brought up on a previous episode <laughs> when he was four he was staying with his aunt and she woke up and he'd taken all of the kitchen knives from the kitchen and oh. arranged them pointing at her body on the bed oh my and he was God. just standing there smiling at her so you know, so there's I, I, probably some clear signals. Yeah. Here. So so I'm thinking we're probably okay. So you know, we shouldn't be irrationally afraid of it happening. Yeah. You know, God. if you wake up and your kid is arranging kitchen knives, just fucking call a doctor. Get rid of that. Kid. Do something. Call yeah. a doctor. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, so uh, Sarita Marie says that she has the same fear about the sociopaths um, that they'll grow up and try to kill her. Um, she says she's clearly watching too many crime shows. I am totally guilty that, of that. That'll do well. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Courtney Decker brings up a good point with secondary drowning where she says, uh, if it makes you feel any more at ease, it's far less common and likely than we're led to believe. Um, and, you know, it happened once and somebody wrote an article about it. And because the Internet blew it up, it seems like it happens all the time, which, again, you know, my, my parents both were in medicine for like a combined 60 years between the two of them. Uh huh. And, you know, only one of them saw it ever happen. And that was my mom. And I don't even know if that was diagnosed. <laughs> Just they were brought in, you know. So it's completely correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we've got one from Mike McCord along the lines of what we were talking about before. Um, he says his son naps for slightly longer than normal. Uh, I just assume he stopped breathing. I will stare at the video monitor until I'm sure he's still alive. Side note, the resolution of the video camera precludes me from seeing something <laughs> as subtle as breathing. Somehow I'm able to convince myself anyway. <laughs> I love that his concern goes as far as to like look at the video camera, right. but not to actually go in and you know do the breathing check. Right, because um, you know it's irrational. Right? Exactly, yeah. I have to say, so that's good. every time anybody's like... So we never got a video monitor for mm-hmm. our kids because it just because it, it kind of it was it has issues with Wi-Fi networks sometimes. Oh man, and, like, and I didn't either because really... I, I think it's going to be terrifying to see in the middle of the night. To yes, see, exactly. You know, those moments when their heads turn all the way around. Yeah, or, and they're like, know, yeah. right. Like no when we thanks, go, when we go don't to people's houses it. and they're like, hey, do you want to watch like you know baby baby bumpy butt sleeping? And we're like, <laughs> do we have to? And they're like, come look, come look. And then they show us the fucking the outtakes from the Poltergeist movie set. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's because so, they're like backlit. Right. And it's like infrared. Looks it like. turns out that that is the moment when you can levitate in the middle, the of, in the middle of your sleep. Actually, in complete honesty, a, a great idea for, you know, we like these found footage horror movies, yeah. right? Like those yeah. are everywhere. Paranormal activity, et cetera. <laughs> a monitor. A one. baby monitor. Fucking oh, paranormal man. activity. Is there not one already? Well, I mean, I, I think part of paranormal that is kind activity of is, what is, caught, is right? Um, yeah, yeah. The baby monitors play into it, but like, but about a specific about a baby. I love it. And then you wake up and everything's normal again. But at night, the baby's like floating in the middle of the room. Like, yeah, just chilling. I want to make that movie. Do it. Yeah, it'll be easy to make. Um, um, and Sarah shared that concern as well. She does actually take the step of going in and you know making sure the kid's alive rather than just relying on the video monitor. She so. says she turns on a flashlight uh, and turns on a flashlight. Yeah, I love <laughs> Which that. <is> pretty freaking <laughs> scary. That takes it to another level. Yeah. Uh, Micah says uh, any bonk on the head concussion, and I can personally yeah. attest to this because we both are very concerned. And because kids bonk their heads, I, I don't know about your experience. Maybe yeah. it's just our kids, but they bonk their heads on everything. I know they're they like do. the pachycephalosauruses so of so the human kingdom. <laughs> Like like a Henry, I mean, he must get six head injuries oh. like every day because they fall over and they rough out, right. you know, and they all and because they're top heavy, they like always end up landing on their head, and so of course, like we're always like checking his eyes and like. From what I understand, it's what you should be concerned about isn't when they like you know they cry a lot or whatever. It's a big thing, um, and they're upset about it after they bonk their head, but that it's a you know it's a serious bonk and they don't act at all. Like right. it's they're just like in a daze. But or that's something. the problem is that like Henry's like a tough kid with a big <laughs> like thick forehead, so he doesn't get phased by it. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, but does the bonk seem like a significant one? Like, I mean, like you can hear it from the other side ooh, of the house, you know. Yikes. I mean, it's and, then he, scary, and then he just like then. walks up and then he like gets the hiccups and I'm like, oh my God, does that mean he has a concussion? <laughs> that actually happened the other day where I was like looking up like, do hiccups mean uh, was concussion? Was he drinking before this? He was just he was thinking, wasted. you know, yeah. the bonk, the yeah. hiccups. He yeah. was through the bottle, yeah. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, so concussions are definitely, yeah. and it's also a valid concern, you mm-hmm. know. Like, it does happen, but it's being irrationally afraid of it and putting, you know, a helmet on them when they don't need a helmet kind of thing. That might be a little bit... <laughs> that might be taking it a little too far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Bethany, my wife, pointed out the uh, addiction, which I talked about. And then severe mental illness is another one, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's another area where just like sociopath, you know, mm-hmm. that's one form, but there are so many others where you just don't have control over it and it's really scary. Yeah. Um, 
So Cassandra, my sister, of course, um, has given us some some feedback. She's uh, always giving us feedback, which is much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's pretty awesome. Um, so she's not a parent, but uh, a lot of her concern is around uh, strangers in particular. So, you know, just the fact that you have to have your kids at daycares and places where, you know, you just don't know all the people that are interacting with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is certainly one I, I can Again, it's a control thing. Relate to. Right? It is. It, it really is. And I imagine, you know, as kids are getting older and in school and around so many more people, that's going to be we're, we're going to have to be okay with that but it is it's scary yeah you know and there's like there's the scary part of you know their their welfare like their physical welfare um, but there's also you know that that's like putting stuff in their brain all mm-hmm. day you know like other people are having um, this uh, influence on them that you just have no control over. Right, right. And, and and that's, again, where I think it's important to give them a route home where they feel like they can always talk and be open because the more exactly. the more they share with you, the more you're, like, on top of things like that that are coming through. Right. Um, but still, yeah, I mean, I mean, Jude says things all the time where I'm like, that's definitely not something that, like, that we've told him, you know. And, and, right. Uh, and, it's, and it's crazy. You just, like, hear it and, and you realize, like, oh, there's all these interactions going on that we're not even anywhere near or even aware of. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jody says uh, she's afraid of almost everything, <laughs> but I feel like they're all rational fears. Um, one of the most recent fears with the heat is leaving him in the car. Mm. I, for some reason, checked the back seat after I dropped him off at daycare, even though um, uh, I I've already left or I already took him out. And and yeah, I mean, I I yeah, this doesn't feel so irrational. I mean, in this crazy heat, it's like uh, better to check. <laughs> Right. Because um, the numbers, it's crazy, right? They've done like tests of this where they look at how long it takes for yeah. um, a child to suffocate. Is it suffocation that happens or what is exactly it's is it? It's hi- hyperthermia. Hyperthermia? Su- no, hyperthermia. Um, hyper, okay, yeah. right. Makes sense as opposed to hypo. With right. Cold. Yeah, that, yeah. Way, that wouldn't, that wouldn't That'd be kind of strange. It's, it's um, super quick. It's so scary. Under the worst of circumstances. I, I think it's like 17 minutes or something like that. Oof, man. Um, and it also was something that does happen. Yeah, um, but it's also it should be noted sometimes used as justif- as like a justification and what actually turns out to be like a homicide by right, trying to kill their right. kids sometimes. Ugh, so, good God, which is the most disgusting fucking thing I can even imagine. Um, but it is it's also is a valid concern. You know, it's actually cool. So Waze, which we've talked about, the GPS software before, yeah. I'm kind of an evangelist for it. Wow, what Waze. a transition to a sponsor. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> look at that. Um, Waze has a great feature you, you can turn on now that's just a child reminder. Mm. So it just goes off whenever you get your destination. It's just a little thing that says like, don't forget, there's a kid back there. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. So I have it turned on even when the kids aren't there because you can have it program whatever you want but it I to mean, say. But I mean, are you really going to forget? No, no, no. <laughs> But 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 I I turn it on because I, I programmed it so it comes up and it just says fuck you every time. Uh, <laughs> so whenever I get somewhere now, the GPS just goes fuck you. That's and I'm amazing. That's like, oh, yeah, really nice. That's no, nice but of you. It, I, it's something that I used to be afraid of all the time when the kids were quieter yeah. when they were younger. But now because they're both so bombastic, like, right? It's it'd never be pretty hard. It's to pretty easy totally. to know. Yeah. But I remember. You but know, I do actually, understand having two now that where it becomes more challenging because you're like shuffling to get one out of the car to blah blah. Oh blah. yeah, there's a lot going um, on, and, and then there's and, one that's just still a baby and quiet, so that that makes it harder and it's never a perfect circumstance like we're always running late to things and exactly. you know and it's it's the i mean i like I, I just like a few months ago i remember i was thinking like oh my god like what if we because it was dark out and i couldn't see in the car and everybody else was asleep and i was like oh my god like what if we just like let, left henry in the parking right lot, that know? i've thought of before uh-huh. oh my god like, did we nightmare. definitely put him in the car and then do you do this thing where you can start to psych yourself out because like you said i oh, think everyone yeah. was sleeping so oh, yeah. you're just and alone I, I with your over. thoughts and oh man <laughs> I pulled into a rest stop and I was like, I to. need to check. Right, you, know? you have to for your sanity. Although now he's turned around, his but that feet is turned totally around, irrational. so I don't have to. I, now I can just like, oh, it I makes it so much foot. easier. But that we, we use the mirror too. That helps a lot. Yeah, but those things, I, I, I've had a lot of 
issues with mirrors. Oh falling yeah, off they, and you shit. have to fix them constantly. Yeah. I'm like, why hasn't that been? It's not like a, it's not like a fucking space station. <laughs> it's a mirror on a seat. Is it that difficult? Someday we'll get it. But I still first, honestly first like, virtual reality and then the mirrors. That's that's second step. Mm-hmm. I still touch his foot sometimes just to make sure that he's you know because I can see Jude because he's on on the passenger side. Yeah. But Henry, I'm like I still like need to make sure sometimes that he's <laughs> that he's back there. Though you know I had a, a really freaky oh, kind of an, a, a little bit of an awakening for me was when Jude was young. Uh-huh. He was maybe like two and a half or three, and I started driving without buckling his thing. Oh yeah, that's and I didn't, happened. I didn't know that it mm-hmm. happened. But and and so yeah, sometimes it happens, and then you like start backing out. And you're like, oh fuck! Like neither one of us got. Of course, that. you know, yeah, yeah. happens like you know very rarely. Grace but it, but will actually remind me now, which is nice. Well, that's like, what happened. You forgot is, to is Jude me. was, like, but we were already on like route two. We were like on a road, oh, man. And he was like, Daddy, like my buckles aren't done. I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> So that made me think, like, what else have I forgotten to do yeah, you know, in the past? Yeah. It's, it's a pretty freaky moment. I mean, moment. we're only human, man. And parents are all over the place mentally. We're thinking about all sorts of different things. And, yeah. You know, it's totally understandable. Well, and you in particular. I mean, you're, your brain's always in, like, fucking five million places at That's once. That's true, and, and none of them are good. Um, so Katie, who, uh, in addition to being an actual licensed therapist with her own practice, so somebody who's actually qualified to weigh in on this, yeah. is also uh, married to Doug the Physicist, or Doug the Physician, depending on who you, who you talk to. Um, He's got a bright future. So she says, yeah, he could do anything. She says, there's lots of things uh, that the hospital and other experts make you crazy paranoid about when you first bring the baby home. SIDS, co-sleeping, crib bumpers, having the baby sleep on her front instead of her back, mm. nipple confusion, not breastfeeding long enough, microwaving breast milk, plastic baby bottles, not washing baby clothes before the baby wears them, harsh detergents, attachment issues, uh, spoiling them, colic, food allergies, having the wrong foods. Um, all sorts of diseases and illnesses. And she says that she initially went kind of crazy worrying about it until she realized that some of it's legitimate, but mostly it's all blown way out of proportion. But the, so here, the thing is, is that like, she's right. Like these are all actual things to be aware of. I can to every single one of those things. And, yeah. and, and, and like you come home from the hospital with a human to take care of right. for the first time. You're also sleep deprived already. You're kind of like overwhelmed by the magnitude of what's happening. Yep. And now you have a list of all the things that can kill your child. Right. And you go or home with harm them. them. Or harm them, right. <laughs> but but you're not thinking that at the time. You're thinking right. kill, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm going to microwave this breast milk and it will murder my child. Exactly. You know what I mean? They will die immediately. Because we have no context for it yet. Right. And then the second time you come home with a kid, you know that you're going to be okay. It. it makes a big difference. And you can look at the checklist to be like, okay, like I know how to set the crib up correctly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remember the first. I remember reading an article the first time we brought Jude home about how you can accidentally kill a child if you have a fan running in a hot room with the windows closed, what? which is actually true, and it kills like thousands of people a year. It's the same as the hot car thing, I guess. Well, in this Hyper- one, it's, it's something about like the. So the idea is that you have a certain amount of air in a in a room that's yeah. like airtight, basically, yeah. and then you're running a fan in it while the temperature is above like 97 degrees, and it can do something to okay, fucking but kill geez, somebody. Those are pretty extreme conditions. They are, but you know, yeah. it's one of these things where you come home and you're like, oh, like I hope I don't forget you know to do but whatever I, you know you would open a window in right situation. right right i hope um anyway want to move on yeah no i think though just uh that last point katie's point um i think that there is like this whole bundle of stuff that you just have to worry about all the time and at the end of the day <laughs> i mean i don't want to go too far with this because like we hear it all the time probably from your parents i mean i hear it from mine like oh we kept you alive you know um, right. But there is some truth to it, too, right? Like, at the end of the day, we're going to do the best things we can um, to help our kids, you know, grow up happy and healthy. But mm-hmm. uh, if we misstep a few times and use a plastic bottle or whatever it is, like, at the end of the day, it's the amalgamation of all those things coming together. Yeah. Um, you do the best you can yeah. with what you've got. You're realistic about it. And the yeah. things that are actual emergencies, things like SIDS, right. you are very careful about. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
Yeah, you prioritize as best you can. Um, Sarah, my sister-in-law, points out choking or any sort of obstruction of airways. Um, yeah. And yeah, this is a big one. That's you know, as one. they start to eat too, huge. Yeah. Um, you start to see this more and more. As I've talked about Especially the baby, baby, baby leg weaning. Yeah. yeah. But what I've learned on this one is that again, it is just so amazing to watch their gag reflex at work. They're just really good at ejecting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it still is terrifying. And also having two kids now, knowing that the little one um, has all these little toys of graces that they, you know, he can access is scary because, like, yeah, you could just grab something and put it in his mouth. But yeah, um, you do the best you can not to leave shit around, I guess. And it's also <laughs> it's nice because there are preventable things you can do about that. Like, you can just be careful about what you leave out, and also you can just pay close attention while they're eating and get trained in CPR and things like that. Yeah, you know, and, and that's an important one, too, the CPR yeah, thing. Like yeah, like, that's a nice prevent. It's just good to know as a life goal anyway, but it's good, especially in the context of having kids, because, like, that way, if something is happening, you know that there's a concrete list of steps you can do. You know? Exactly. But I still, every time we're out in public somewhere, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I hope that, you know, they're not going to choke. On gummy bears in there. Yeah. Uh, On gu- gummy worms. Yeah. Gummy worms. Were they worms or bears? They were gummy worms. Oh, okay. That well, makes me feel better. That's what I was thinking about better. the shape because they, they were skinny. I thought you said bears. No, I, I said worms. I thought you said bears. I just wasn't listening. Well, because bears, bears are more obstructive. Right. That's yeah, why I was right. like, oh, I mean, I could think of less obstructive. Goddamn things. bears. Um, uh, Pat uh, says, not a parent but an aunt. I was always afraid when my nephews were little that when we were in a store, we would somehow get separated and I couldn't find them. They're in their 20s now, so I'm not afraid <laughs> anymore. I Has mean, that happened to you? Um... Let's see. I mean, very briefly, you know, like I've, uh, I remember being in a store and, uh, well, there's of course the classic the, Grace getting the crushed stroller. by the stroller. Yeah, yeah. Right, the Jaws of Life incident. <laughs> um, but no, not significantly. It actually happened to my mom when I was little. Like it was legit. Like she was screaming um, and no one helped her, which is like mind blowing wow. to me that that happened. It was like in a department store and she ended up finding me <laughs> hiding behind a front door. Apparently they weren't automatic, automatic doors that opened. Yeah, so luckily. I was like, yeah, exactly. Because you were fucking running for I was like, freedom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like hiding behind the door somehow. Oh my God. But yeah, oh, that, I hate that. I know. This has happened to us just like two days ago. We really? Run, we run a hike, that same hike that I posted the video from. Uh-huh. And Jude, uh, you know, likes to lead the way and find the trail. So, like, so he likes to kind of run up, and then we have to yell at him to like come back of a little course, bit, and run yeah. up and come back. But there was a there's like a rise on a on the trail that we were on. Mm-hmm. So, and he's you know he's short, and so he goes over the rise, and I don't see him. Um, and meanwhile, I'm holding Henry's hand and helping him from falling off this little like bank, keeping thing. him alive. Yeah, and I'm like shouting to Jude like to like you know like slow down. And we just don't hear anything. And uh... there's this moment where Micah and me and Micah's sister, who was with us at the time, were kind of like. Oh my god! And then and then Alex, her sister, like runs and goes and, and finds him. But like I had that moment where I was like, Oh my god! Because people get lost in the woods in five minutes. I know. And then they die out there. You know, well, irrational fear it, again. Is it is it that easy though? It is. That's what's crazy. Like really? you hear so many stories about people who just get a little bit separated from the trail and then they get disoriented and you can't hear them anymore. I mean, that, I, I feel like that could not have happened in that situation. But yeah. at the same time, you know, yeah. again, I probably just like whoever. Well, mentioned and, yeah, this earlier, I don't know how crazy read the woods too many that true you were crime in, but, things. But yeah, exactly. Because like Grace, what she'll do is go around the house. Like I'll be in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Know, doing some kind of work and she'll like wander in the front and we're not as worried we live in a dead end um of her getting into dead the street end. or whatever yeah <laughs> so we don't have to worry as much about the cars thing but there are times where then i'll be like all right i should go check and i'll walk around the house and she's not there because yeah. she's probably like walking behind again you right know, doing but you that have thing. that moment of like oh man. you do you, do. you realize like this could actually be but then again problem. i try to engage that frontal lobe mm-hmm. and say you know where's she gonna go you right. know what I mean? Like right. at the end of the day, like she's gonna get scared and look for me. Exactly. Um. So it's probably gonna and that's be okay. what's important to remember too is that like if you raise kids to know that that you're like a safety for them and that like your house is safe and yeah. that 
you know, that, that they'll hopefully keep tabs on where you are. But that being said, I made Jude wear a whistle around his neck for the rest of the hike because I didn't want him to get separated. <laughs> oh, I understand it. So. And I should add on this note, because this is also scary, when you're out in crowds, yeah, I just oh read a good God. article about this of a dad who experienced it where their kid got away from them. Mm. And there happened to be some like military people at this event. It was like a parade or something. And uh, so they told those, they were like just, you know, at that point they were starting to get worried about their kid and they started to tell strangers, like, I'm looking for my child. And mm-hmm. they told these like cadets or something. And they actually started just shouting the kids, um, we're looking for a kid and, you know, he's wearing a red jacket and this tall. And they kept shouting the same thing mm-hmm. out so that everybody could hear. Sure enough, the kid had been walking away with a stranger who had engaged the kid and said, hey, I want to show you something. Oh, my God. But as soon as the stranger heard people shouting, we're looking for a kid looks like this, they let go of the kid's hand and just, like, walked away because it obviously became apparent that they were looking for that kid. So, like, you would have seen, oh, wow, there's a stranger. Get Mm -hmm. him, you know? Right, because he was actually abducting him. So that was a helpful reminder for me of, like, how to, you know, act in that situation so that you're very loud and you're, yeah. yeah. So anyway. Especially in a crowded, a crowded it environment. It is scary. I've only ever lost track of Jude once. Uh-huh. I, I say this because Henry has sort of been walking more recently, so I haven't had a chance to like. <laughs> you haven't had a chance him. to lose him. But uh, but Jude and I go to arcades a lot, and we were in this very busy one um, in a mall, and it, and he went out like, and I was like, all right, it's time to go. And so I turned around, and Henry was in a stroller at the time, and I start walking, and Jude went out another entrance, another exit from it. Yeah. And I had this moment of like, oh my God, I cannot find him. And there are so many people here. And I was actually shouting his name. And finally yeah. I fucking found him on the other entrance. But it was maybe about, maybe it was like 15 seconds. Right, but that right. 15 seconds was a lifetime. You well, know? and that, uh, reading that article was a reminder to me where I could be kind of naive about this, that there are unfortunately bad people out there who may yeah. not even be doing this in a premeditated way, but see an opportunity, right? <sighs> a kid that's alone and grab it. And that. Oh man, that's People terrifying. So fucking scary. So yeah. this is great. We're actually getting new um, fears as we yeah, go on. Yeah, great. Yeah, helpful. All right, we'll um, wrap these up. Okay, this is good. Chris Martin, a little humor. We need this. Um, he's afraid that he'll want to go to Notre Dame. That his son will want to go to Notre Dame. Um, so that's <laughs> I don't know the history behind that, but uh, that's hilarious. Oh, I figured you would because you know him. Um, well, I know he's a big uh, BC guy, so oh, I'm sure. Okay, so okay, that's, okay. that's I'm okay. sure that's why. But I know nothing about sports or anything. So <laughs> this probably goes into it. Um, and then Laura points out that uh, she has many rational fears. This is good. This is a good one right. to end on because I was dying laughing after reading this. Um, Laura says that she has many rational fears, but. Irrational question mark. Um, my daughter throws up on me. I throw up on my husband. Husband gets sick on our dog, and then it just goes in a circle of puking that no one wants to clean up. Is that technically a fear or just my worst nightmare? Um, just an unending spiral. Just of an barf. unending spiral of barf. Which I understand it. Been, I mean, I was just in a poop one of these a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, well, and barfing know. is one of those things where it can be contagious. Like, yeah. not just like you know, long term, you catch it the next day or whatever, but like. You see someone puke and it has that like, you know, unsettling yeah. feeling in yourself. Yeah. So I get it, Laura. Jeez. Yeah. I hope that doesn't have her happen though. Yeah, let's let's uh let's And it's just constantly going around in just circles. For the rest of time. It's just it's just like a, a broken <laughs> Until loop. someone visits you and breaks it, you know. Right, right. Someone with a strong stomach has to come by and save you. <laughs> yeah, it just becomes a Maybe recursive put them on spiral. speed dial. Yeah, right, yeah. right. We need you. <laughs> we can't stop. The moment has come. Um, but I do think that in closing, um, we we have kind of you know worked towards some kind of a learning today on this. At least I have that <laughs> I hope so. that all of these things really come out of a fundamental loss of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of anxiety disorders also do, like obsessive compulsive disorder, has a lot to do with that. Oh, a lot, yeah, of, a totally. lot of anxiety problems come from a feeling of not having control over things that you know are. That there could be something valid about it, you know, like uh, like you might have left the oven on, you know, like there's there's a but then you think like 
I probably did not do that, and right. we're two hours from home. You got to check yourself. And and not you know act out with compulsions and not you know try to like get through it with some other you know self medicating but like to be like I need to control my anxiety yeah it's not real and um and the thing at the base of it is real so like That's our right. kids could drown mm-hmm. our kids could get taken from us a lot of things could happen we could die in a car accident on our way home tonight which if we do this is going to be a super haunting episode oh my god can you imagine that I'd um, rather not. Yeah, it's got scary. But but thank the reality you for listening is, is that if, if this is true, <laughs> yeah, I hope you keep listening to all these episodes, message. <laughs> and that one of these sponsors will take care of our families, please, <laughs> and build the, the MRI. Yeah, um, yeah, please levitate. We live in a world <laughs> of chaos where things happen that we have no control over, and yeah. what we do have control over our ability to moderate that fear and to be responsible about it. So, it, just because you're a parent and you're feeling crazy, doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It doesn't mean that you're irrational. Because we all go through that. We do. Uh, and you just, over time, learn to control at least as much of it as you can. Um, but that being said, I still fucking check the breathing at night, so who knows? <laughs> I think one other thing I want to say on this is that there is also, in addition to what you just said, there's an aversion to pain or any kind of, um, I don't know, bad things happening to our kids, right? We don't want bad things happening to our kids. Yeah. Who does? But the reality is um, it's going to happen. Some bad things. I hope they're not you know, significantly bad. Um, you know, I got cancer, like mm-hmm. it happened. I never expected that to happen. Um, thankfully it was treatable and I got through it. But I guess what I wanted to say is that, you know, without the bad, there can't be good either. And that's like what wor- our world is right now. It's like, you've, it's all a balancing act. Um, and it's in going through some of those hard times that, you know, you have the good too. So right. maybe that takes it to a bit of a darker place, but, <laughs> but I think, you know, we do what we can to, uh, mitigate the risks. And other than that, you know. We just got to keep going just figure on. figure it out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, man. All I'm right. I'm fucking terrified. Good topic. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun, everybody. Take care. <laughs>